Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. Watch the NFL games because there are so many that have a substantial playoff impact this weekend. In the opening segment of the show, I said there are only three games out of 16 that don't have playoff ramifications in some way or not. Uh, And unfortunately for Monday Night Football, their Christmas Eve game, one of the games that has zero playoff implications. But in order for me, the five must-watch games this weekend with double playoff ramification, that is both teams are involved in some way. Best game, Ravens-Chargers. Second best game, Chiefs-Seahawks. Third best, Steelers-Saints. Fourth best, Redskins-Titans. And the fifth best game with dual playoff implications is the Texans against the Eagles. I want to bring in the crew now. Happy holidays, by the way, to everybody out there in the event that you won't be able to listen to us again because this is your last work day. But remember, we will be working on Monday, breaking down all this NFL action for you. We'll be live on Christmas Eve, uh, but we'll be here. But if you're not, encourage you to download the podcast so you don't miss us. Maybe you're traveling. Maybe you won't be in your usual location. Go download the Outkick podcast. Make sure that you don't miss any of the shows. We got a good best of that's rolling out on Christmas morning uh, early for everybody. And uh, and we'll have a good week of, uh, of, the, uh, of Christmas week. But again, we're live on Monday as well. Uh, Danny G, which yeah. of these games would be your number one draft pick? Yeah, good morning, by the way. And that's a good point. When you and your family are sitting around the fire, play the Outkick the Coverage podcast. You'll love and And look, <laughs> if you don't want to talk to your family about politics, you don't want to talk to them about contentious yep. issues. Let Clay Travis just, do yeah, it. 
You can just sit around and talk about how much you love me and what a great addition I have been to your life in 2018 if you have become new to OutKick in 2018, as frankly, the ratings would suggest that 50% of you have because we have 50% more listeners now than we did last year, which given how competitive the media environment is, is extraordinary. I guarantee you that we are the fastest growing national sports talk show in the country and I'm not even sure there's a close second right now. So thanks for helping yeah. make that happen, everybody out there. But what game would you go to, Danny? So I like how you rank the games. There are a lot of good games this coming weekend. I mean, isn't it crazy it that is. 13 of the 16 games have yeah. playoff ramifications in some way, form, or fashion? Yeah, it just proves the parity in the league and how it's the best sport in professional sports. So it's going to be exciting on both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, can I do a tie for my top game? Because I, I have two that I am yeah. equally excited for. Rams and Cardinals and Raiders Broncos. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> my top two match your top two. I'm excited to see the Chiefs at the Seahawks because I feel like Patrick Mahomes needs to have a all-pro performance to wrap up the MVP trophy. And if he can prove that he can step up in a big game, because I've been watching our buddy Cowherd for the past two weeks kind of rant on Mahomes saying he doesn't win the big games this past season, this is where Mahomes can separate himself from Breeze and, of of course, Phillip Rivers for that MVP race. And then Ravens at Chargers, I keep hearing, including on our show, that if Lamar Jackson gets behind he's not going to be able to lead the Ravens to a comeback victory. I want to see Lamar Jackson step up and do his thing. So both of those games are the two that I'm going to key in on this weekend. Yeah, that is uh, that is outstanding, uh, certainly, to, uh, to pay attention to as well. I, I think that's a, it's a great point on Lamar Jackson because he has been phenomenal in the five so far, right? There's zero, uh, zero way to, uh, to complain about how he's done in the, uh, the chase. Um, and, uh, but he's gone against the five worst defenses in the league. And so to me, again, when you really break it down, how is he going to do when he goes up against the chargers who I think have a legitimately top 10 total defense, legitimately outstanding defense. If he gets down a little bit and he has to drop back and everybody knows he's going to pass, can he do it? I think it's a great test. Uh, what about you, uh, Eddie Garcia? Which one are you most looking forward to? Well, I know I'm a Steelers fan, so I don't know how much my bias is playing into it, but you've got two Hall of Fame quarterbacks going at it in Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. Uh, I think if the Steelers win this game, they punch their postseason ticket. I know that the Saints have been great on the road, 7-1 and one this season, but I think along with New England uh, and maybe Kansas City, I mean, the Saints, I think, we all know are much, much better at home than they are on the road, especially Drew Brees. Loves performing in that dome, loves that that crowd. I know they want to get that number one seed. So Steelers-Saints is uh, number one on my list. I will be at the Ravens-Chargers game. I am looking forward to seeing that in person as well. But I would go Steelers-Saints, uh, Steelers-Saints number one. Good stuff. What about you, uh, Dub? Where would you weigh in on this? It's a tough call, but I think I'm going to go Steelers-Saints as well because the Saints the last three weeks in the first half, they've scored zero points, three points, and six points. And if they get off to a start like that against these Steelers, it, it could be time for the Steelers to get hot after that big win against the Patriots last week. All right. Uh, and finally, Roberto, who are you rolling with? What's the NFL game you're going to watch? Well, two, the Steelers-Saints, I agree with, with Dub and, and Eddie, uh, mainly because Drew Brees has struggled playing back at home. And number one, the Chiefs and Seahawks, only reason why, 
because I'm in the championship game with my fantasy league. And <laughs> the guy I'm going up against has Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, so it's going to be interesting to see if I can. How much money is on the line? Uh, $20,000. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Doubt that. How that much, be, how much money in your a, league? That would be a hell of a uh, fantasy league. <laughs> no, nah, like $250. So. Okay. Then your fantasy team, I would actually say, okay, people can care about it. You got 20 grand on it. Otherwise, nobody cares. I will get to Urban Meyer at the end of the hour, actually, uh, because that's a kind of a funny story, and I think you guys will get uh, get some uh, some some laughs about it. But the Josh Gordon suspension, we haven't talked about that yet, so I want to hit that here. Um, first of all, let's talk about the actual impact on the field. I think this is going to be pretty substantial for the New England Patriots as they try to recover from not having – the uh, not having, let's be honest, Josh Gordon on the field. And it's actually more substantial than I thought it was going to be. I've got some stats for you, and I think you're going to say, whoa, like this is kind of a, uh, this is kind of a substantial impact here in terms of what he can mean uh, to, the overall, uh, to the overall performance there. Josh Gordon was incredibly instrumental we talked about this on the uh, Lock It In show, I think yesterday, or maybe it was, uh, yeah, it was yesterday, uh, as this news came out. I was kind of stunned about how much of an impact there was in terms of the uh, the loss of Josh Gordon. He is, and I, may, I need to pull this up, so I'll, I'll pull this up and give you all these stats at some point. I'm trying to find it on my phone. I had all the data kind of loaded up here. So I'll eventually get to the impact of Josh Gordon. But let me ask you this question in general. And look, I I hope that Josh Gordon gets his life back in order. He obviously has issues with substance abuse. And I wish that nobody ever had any issues with drug abuse or anything else. But, and this is something I've gotten on the soapbox a lot about. Why do NFL players, and in particular their union, allow themselves to be tested for non-performance enhancing drugs? I want to poll you guys. I also want to open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369. I'm always stunned with what I think is the poor decision-making of the NFL Players Union. The players negotiate with the teams. The teams want to drug test players for non-performance-enhancing drugs. I understand 100 billion percent why a league would test for performance-enhancing drugs. I, if they don't want you to use steroids, they don't want you to use HGH, they don't want to, whatever those performance-enhancing drugs are, I understand why it would be in the business of the league to test you for those. But why would anyone in a player's association agree that they could ever get suspended for smoking pot? Or, frankly, using cocaine? or any other non-performance enhancing drug. Why, if you are a highly trained professional athlete, would you risk your multi-million dollar athletic contract on something that has no impact theoretically on your ability to do the job? Josh Gordon has been, when he's been eligible, really good on the field. If he is addicted to drugs, that is awful. I wish it were not the case. If he can't stop smoking marijuana, that stinks. 
I wish he had the discipline not to do it. I wish he did not have an addiction to those kind of drugs. But why should he never be able to play football again because he smokes pot too much? Am I the only one who thinks that's crazy? If he doesn't perform good enough on the field, cut him. Don't allow him to continue to play in the NFL. That's how the meritocracy works. But I think it's insane that somebody who is otherwise good enough, and I think if you look at his performance on the field with the Patriots, and before that with the Browns, he's been good enough on the field to be a player. He has substantially made Tom Brady better when they need a downfield passing threat. If that is true, and I don't think there's any doubt at all that it is true, why in the world is he not able to continue to play in the NFL? Again, I would like to hear from you guys. Am I the only one who hears the Josh Gordon news and their immediate response is, man, why are players consenting to be tested for non-performance enhancing drugs? If you are a highly paid professional and you choose to use non-performance enhancing drugs, I think it probably shortens your career. I think smoking weed probably makes you worse at your job over the long run and costs you lots of money. But it's legal in lots of places. I think doing party drugs probably in the long range is not necessarily good for your overall performance. But using cocaine occasionally isn't going to keep you from being a good professional athlete if you're not using cocaine the night before a game. And even if you are, back in the day, there were players playing football on cocaine. Probably made them worse players. But why are they testing for it? Is this as crazy to you guys as it is to me? If I were repping the NFL Players Association, this would be one of my top demands. We talk a lot about players and what kind of uh, demands they make and what kind of arguments they're making when it comes to their rights as, uh, as members of a league. Why do they not fight against drug testing for non-performance enhancing drugs? Most highly paid professionals making millions of dollars a year don't pee into a cup every day and put their job on the line. Now, I'd pass a drug test, but I don't get drug tested to do radio. I don't get drug tested to do TV. I don't even have a union. And I'd be like, I'm not going to do that. Like, that's ridiculous. I didn't get drug tested to practice law. If I'm a highly skilled professional, that's on me. If I do a bad job at my job, then I get fired. And yes, using non-performance enhancing drugs could be the reason why. But I don't have people showing up at my house or my place of work random times during the day and being like, hey, you got to pee in this cup. We're testing you to see whether or not you can keep your job. Now, some of you may have to pass drug tests, but the typically the higher up the flow chart you move, the less likely you are to have to pass a drug test. So why are these guys risking their career? Now, you can say, hey, don't use drugs. It's simple. Don't be stupid. I understand that, that argument. Yeah, I agree with you. But why are you testing for it? 
Anybody else think this? And I think about it when it comes to Josh Gordon because I think if the NFL didn't test for weed, Josh Gordon would have maybe never missed a game. He may have a substance abuse issue. He may even have an addiction. But when he's on the field, he's performed pretty well. I, I just don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand why the Players Association allows this to happen. Are you with me against me, Danny G? I'm 1,000% with you on this because I think I feel like we're conditioned to this. It's an old-school rule in the NFL, and it definitely needs to be modernized. The bigger issue with Josh Gordon is mental health. Now, if he needs to take a break away from the league because of that. Yeah, but he – okay, let's course. be honest. He said that he's got mental health issues is because he failed a drug test. Right. Now, he yeah. may be saying the reason why he failed the drug test is because he has mental health issues – and he relies on drugs, which are often connected, right? Well, I'm talking about the last time he took a break, he didn't test positive then. He obviously had some other issues going on. So he has, and he said it, so this is not just me making it up, he has claimed mental health issues in the past, drug-related or not. Those are often connected, right? I mean, and there are many people out there who have mental health issues, and oftentimes, unfortunately, Drug use is connected to that because the way you feel, uh, you're looking for something to make you feel better, and so you turn to drugs or alcohol, and that's why with mental health issues, there's also such a prevalence of drug and alcohol abuse as well. So, I look, I wish Josh Gordon were 100% okay, but what I am saying simply is his performance on the field, if he was not being drug tested at all, I don't know how many games, if any, he would have ever missed. Well, it is ridiculous for him to be out of the league due to marijuana. And Ricky Williams is a great example back in the day, right? Like, the guy just smoked a lot of pot. And and Ricky Williams would say, hey, that was part of my holistic recovery from the beatings that we take on the field on a day-in and day-out basis. That helped me to recover. There may be some athletes out there who would say, hey, Clay, not only are you wrong, um, you know, instead of taking Tylenol or instead of taking anti-inflammatories or instead of taking Toradol shots and everything else, one of the ways that I take care of my body is I try to do it holistically. I want to open up the phone lines, actually, and allow everybody out there. We got to go to a break here, but I want to allow everybody also to interact. I'm going to bring in the crew and ask you guys this. We'll get to Urban Meyer and the ridiculousness of his uh, situation and decision making. But this is something that I feel pretty strongly about, that it makes no sense Uh, for a players association to allow itself to be tested for non-performance enhancing drugs why would you allow this i'll also put up the poll question Uh, my name is clay travis this is outkick the coverage on fox sports radio our phone number is 877-996-6369 this is outkick the coverage on fox sports radio merry christmas happy holidays to all of you thanks for hanging with us here on the final friday before christmas santa about to climb in that sleigh This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. My poll question is up, by the way, uh, and it's been up for just a couple of minutes. Do you believe NFL players should be drug tested for recreational drugs, pot and cocaine, for instance, and suspended if they fail the recreational drug test. The majority of you saying no right now. I'll take some of your calls quickly. Who should I go to first? We got Mike and Modesto first. Mike and Modesto, what's up? 
Clay, you know, we've talked about this in the past, and, and we're in full agreement that the NFL needs to quit being the police. And I'll never forget Brett, Brett Farr's testimony on pain pills. He's digging them out of his toilet. And the NFL doctors, you're right, handed out like candy. Yep. I'd much rather NFL players at the end of the night when their body is sore smoking weed than, than getting hooked on pain pills. It's not that hard to figure out. And when they go to the bargaining table, they don't need to worry about being lazy and not practicing hard. They should be concentrating on important things like that, Clay. Clay, you and your family have a Merry Christmas. Thank you for the time. I appreciate the call, Mike. Same to you and your family as well and everybody else out there listening. Uh, If this is the last show you're going to hear before Christmas, I hope you guys all have fantastic uh, holiday season, fantastic Christmas as well. Nick in Illinois. What's up, Nick? Hey, Clay. I'm a big free market guy, and Josh Gordon's product is his ability on the field. And if his home life is affecting his product, then no one's going to want to sign him. He's not going to get the play, and that should be his punishment. The NFL should not be involved in these guys' personal lives. If what he's doing at home doesn't affect his play on the field, then they should have no business doing what they do. It's a free market enterprise. Uh, hey, that's well said. Well said, Nick. I agree with you. And and really, the, the, the victim here is him, right? I mean, if you are leading, and this goes for everybody out there, if your behavior – outside of work hours is making you worse at work that's on you right I mean that and if you're not good enough eventually you're going to get fired because of it and that sucks but if you can continue like Michael Irvin back in the day could party 24 hours a day you know what happened he'd show up at Dallas Cowboy facility after a night of partying and he'd run routes in the 95 degree 100% humidity and nobody could keep up with him Michael Jordan would gamble all night, then he'd show up and hang 50 on people. Allen Iverson, the dude didn't sleep for like 10 years in a row, and he was still really good. Maybe not as good as he could have been, but he was still really good. It's a productivity-driven league. It's a productivity-driven world. What do I always say? If your talent exceeds your problems, you're always going to be employed. Josh Gordon's got problems, but his talent exceeds those problems. So why is he not in the league? I think it's crazy. Uh, let's go to Nathan in Houston. What's up, Nathan? Hey, yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, we we think of the opioid crisis, and uh, I, I would much rather these guys be going home smoking weed rather than being addicted to uh, pills and then yep. pills taking it on to heroin and and so on and so forth. And if you can if you can stay productive in your job, and this is anywhere, like you said. If you can stay productive in your job, 90% of the places don't care what you do at home as long as it doesn't affect your work life. I, I Thanks for the call. I got buddies, some of the best lawyers in America, smoke weed three, four times a day. Not three, four times a week, sorry. And they're still incredibly good at their jobs. That's their stress relief. They don't get drug tested. They show up at work and kill it. We don't test for alcohol. There's a lot of you this weekend – Alcohol is a performance, uh, certainly not uh, in- enhancer. A lot of you this weekend going to be pounding some eggnog. Probably going to make you a little bit worse at your jobs come Monday. A lot of you are going to go to NFL games on Sunday, drink a bunch of beer, going to be hung over at work on Monday. Nobody's testing you to see whether or not you drink alcohol. Same thing for the players, by the way. Uh, Matt in Texas. What's up, Matt? What's going on, Craig? 
Hey, I can disagree, man. These are uh, high impact players that are role models to the youth. And, yeah, I don't I buy mean, that argument. I, I don't. Effort, please. I don't buy that argument. Thanks for the call. Uh, look, they may be role models. They're not getting paid to be role models. They're getting played to win, right? I mean, look at the number of dudes out there with serious criminal backgrounds who play in the NFL right now. You know why they're still in the league? Because they're good at their job. I understand I would like for athletes to be great role models, just like I'd like to be the president to be a great role model. I care whether somebody does the job, not whether they're a great human being, ultimately. That's how markets work. Uh, I'll keep taking your calls, 877-996-6369. You can weigh in, top of hour two. Also, I'll finally tell you what Urban Meyer is going to do next, top of hour two. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Daniel in California, what's up? Hey, Clay. Uh, I just wanted to say, for marijuana, it, it's just ridiculous that they even test for it. And I can give you two reasons. Like, my wife, she took a little slip down the stairs, got a little mild concussion from hitting her head on the corner of a stick. We gave her, gave her Tylenol. That, that didn't do anything. And then I had her smoke a bowl. She felt better pretty much right away. Now, me, I take it to go to sleep. I got PTSD and all that crap from Marine Corps. But it helps me sleep way much better than anything else I've ever taken in my life. Yep. There you go. That's all I have. No, I appreciate the call. There's a lot of people out there who would say that marijuana for medicinal-related reasons makes their life better. I, I, you know, I tend to be very libertarian on these issues. I try to, I live in the state of Tennessee, and they had a medicinal marijuana law in front of the, in front of the state uh, going up for vote, and I advocated for it to be passed. I think people should be able to make choices in their own private lives what kind of things they want to do. Whether it's because you just enjoy going out and having eating an edible or uh, whether it's because as I think, what is it, like 32 states or something like that now allow marijuana legally in some form or fashion um, or not. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy that it's not a bigger story. Like everybody's talking about Josh Gordon. Very few people are talking about this in an intelligent fashion and saying, wait a minute, why does the NFL drug test? I think it's about owning the players. I think it's about controlling the players. And if I'm in the member of the NFLPA, I'm saying, you know what? I don't want to be drug tested anymore. We got to fight to get this taken out of the collective bargaining agreement. You want to drug test us for HGH or steroids? I see completely why the NFL would want to do that. You want to drug test us for marijuana or, again, I think most people who use cocaine do so recreationally occasionally as a way to party, especially in your 20s. I don't think that that's going to necessarily impact whether you can catch a football. Carl in Kentucky, what's up? Hey, Clay, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Great show, man. Sometimes you say things that just make me smile. Now, let me just say that I'm a child of the 70s. I'm 61 years old. I would never, ever smoke marijuana again because, you know, lung-wise, it's unhealthy. But, you know, you you got the medical marijuana out there in Denver. My sister came back from Denver the other day, uh, and I can't be drug tested. I'm a blue-collar worker. I'm a welder, pipe fitter, and I can't be be having THC in my system. But she gave me a sucker. Yep. And, and 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 I'm in pain daily because I'm 61 and age is your enemy. And I'm, I, I did this sucker, and I'm telling you why, Clay. My pain went away. 
and you know, and I'm on the pain pill, and I yeah. hate being on it. Yep. And and if I can take marijuana pill form in Kentucky, you bet your butt that I will take it. And yeah. Thanks for the call. I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there who, uh, again, if I have to choose whether I'd want my guys who are on pain to be smoking weed to recover or taking those pain pills, which, look, some of the biggest stars in the league have admitted they got addicted to, Brett Favre, uh, because they give them out like candy. The NFL doctors do. If you had to choose between a guy getting Tordal or smoking weed, I mean, even from a business perspective, wouldn't you as an owner rather your guy be smoking weed than taking a Toradol shot? I, I would. Wouldn't you rather your guy be smoking weed than popping pain pills like crazy? John and Dayton. What's up, John? Good morning. Heading into school for my last day of school before uh, Christmas break. But, you know, as a teacher, even we can't even uh, use tobacco products. But, you know, you, you mentioned... Uh, like do you get drug? And, you get those guys uh, are sorry, sorry, John. Do you get drug tested at your job as a teacher? I have not because I haven't had an accident, so I haven't had that. Right, but it's not common. What I'm saying is, every NFL player gets drug tested regardless of whether they have ever been caught using drugs. Right? Like, imagine if your teaching job, if every now and then somebody just knocked on your door, and in the middle of your job, you had to walk out and go pee in a cup. And they tested you well, to see whether or not you could continue and, teaching. And that did happen, but it, it happened from that there. But it comes down to money. These guys, it, it, it's in place for a reason, and it's, it was probably a knee-jerk reaction to things that happened in the 80s and you know, when they put the, that, that clause into the contract. It's because some people made some stupid decisions while they weren't on the field, and it ended up giving a, a black eye to the NFL, and it ultimately ended up costing them money. And so if they can help control players, like you look at Gordon in this situation, I mean, the guy cannot sit here and kick the habit of smoking weed. Totally, how many times I get it, but, but isn't, thanks for the call, isn't Josh Gordon a perfect example that weed smoking doesn't actually kill his on-field performance? I mean, the guy may have all sorts of mental health issues, and I wish he didn't. And the guy may have all sorts of interpersonal crises that go on in his life off the field but he still is able to perform on the field. Why should his career be derailed because he smokes weed? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Mark Slareth, he's got the Atlanta Falcons at the Carolina Panthers coming up. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. But first, the Josh Gordon news, Mark. Um, You've been in the league for a long time. Why does the players' union not stand up and fight against being drug tested? Well, you know, that's, I mean, it's a good question. And I know they've had this conversation before to take away, you know, the marijuana testing and yep. just to let it, uh, like, don't even announce it. Just take it away. Yep. Like, you know what? Nobody's going nobody's gonna to fail. We don't have to say that we're not testing for marijuana anymore. Just stop testing for it. Yeah. Now, one, it's an idiot test because you test one I totally time and tell that. you what it's going to be. Yes. Right? It, and, and so it's not like dudes don't smoke dope. But that's the thing. You know, I mean, there's so many more. There's so many more um, uh, states now that allow it. There's, I mean, it, it, it's become more commonplace. Um, you know, with the CBD oils and all the different things and the medical. Uh, the medical purposes, and some of them are, you know, some of them are legit, some of them are excuses, but some of them are legit. And, 
And for the NFL, you know what? I mean, you know, professional sports in general, it's part, it just has become part of the culture. Um, and not with everybody, but with some. And, and so to me, um, you know, for the NFL, I'm 100% with you. Just stop testing for it. You know, guys are going to smoke. That's, that's, you know, that's part of the deal. And, and, and by the way, you know what? You know, for all intents and purposes, it's probably better to come home after a game. And, and if, if that's what you do, you know, smoke and sit around and eat and do nothing as opposed to drinking, it's probably, you know, it's probably that much better for you. So I, I'd like to see him actually stop because it's, it's not like it's going away. I mean, it's not like saying, oh, yeah, you know what? They're testing. I'm never going to smoke again. If that's what you do, then, you know, that's what you do. And um, in, the, in the overall scheme of things, you know, like I said, it's being legalized all over the place. I, I don't know um, why the NFL wants to be so staunch on that. Yeah, not only that, I mean, you know the pain pill culture that exists around the NFL, the Toradol shot culture. Wouldn't you rather have somebody, if you're an owner, smoking weed to try to get over pain, assuming that that actually is what they're doing as opposed to popping pills like candy? Absolutely. You know, Clay, when I was on – like when I first came in the league, man, you would get done with the game, and, you know, there's all kinds of beer on the plane, alcohol on the plane. And so – and then a doctor would come down with a little with a little uh, envelope of, you know, a little envelope full of uh, opiates. How many do you need? Uh, give me two. I'll wash it down with this beer. And that's that was the culture of the NFL back then when I first came in the league. And that was every you know, every weekend. Yeah. So a hundred percent, you know. And I, I'll tell you the other thing, and it, and it drives me crazy, you know. And and I've had this conversation with you many times. You know, we want to look at we want to look at like we treat. We treat, you know, symptoms. We don't treat problems, you know. And, and if the symptom is pain, we medicate you. You know, we, we don't try to figure out what's the source of that pain, why are you having it, can we fix it, can we do it naturally, yeah. is there a way to go through. And, and you know, we're so – and it's part of the societal issue, but in the NFL it's about, hey, man, you got to get on the field. you got to get on the field. So what can we do to get you on the field? And the toward all shots, I've been in those lines – you know, the lines are eight guys deep, one after the other after the other on a Friday afternoon to get ready to play on Sunday. You know, I've, I've been there on, on, you know, Sunday before the game, taking toward all shots. And, you know, that's, that's part of the culture or was part of the culture. I know they're trying to clean it up. But um, if you're going to do it, like, like you said, you know, if that's how you deal with pain and, and, you know, anxiety and some of the other things that go on with playing this game, then, you know, I mean – um, so be it. I, I just don't think it's, you know, I, I think it's at a point where we should look at we should look at it as a legitimate kind of medical, you know, as a legitimate medical, uh, I guess, as opposed to opiates, a medical source, so to speak. We're talking to Mark Schlereth at Mark Schlereth. For people out there who don't know, you talk to former NFL players about performance enhancing and non-performance enhancing drugs. How much difference uh -huh. is there for a Toradol shot? How much better does it make you feel? How much better does it make you able to play? Because I don't think the average person out there understands. Like, I talk to players, and they're like, man, you feel like you're 18 years old again. Like, I mean, right. it, it is it, what it does to your body is unbelievable, and that's why so many guys get addicted to the idea that in order to play, I've got to get that shot. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's interesting because for me, it didn't help that much, but I was so beat up. But most of the guys that I talked to, there's a lot of guys that don't truly need it. You know, they just get, like you said, they're just like, oh, my gosh, I got to have this because of the way it makes me feel. But, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's an incredibly strong anti-inflammatory. You know, you think about um, when I was playing, one of the key anti-inflammatories that everybody used 
was Vioxx. And Vioxx had a little uh, a little painkiller in it, and um, and it was it was an incredible anti-inflammatory. And they they banned it um, late in my career. They took it off the market because it was causing heart attacks and um, in people at a dosage of 50 milligrams a day. I was taking 200 milligrams a day. Yeah, it's wild. Just to get through just to get through the season. And so you know there was a lot of a, a lot of that stuff. Um, that goes on and, and you know from a performance enhancing standpoint yeah like there were times like if I didn't take anti-inflammatories and I didn't you know abuse anti-inflammatories man, I couldn't get on the field on Sunday uh, we're talking to Mark Schlereth I want to hit you with a couple of different games you're calling Atlanta Carolina what do you what did you think about Cam getting uh, benched for the remainder of the season for the injury benched is probably not the right term but pulled from uh, right. pulled from the game uh, because of his injuries, what have you picked up as you get ready for this game? Uh, and how long-term do you think the impacts of Cam's injury might be? Could it linger into next year? Yeah, you know, I don't, they're going to have to they're going to have to have a aggressive treatment uh, program for Cam. Whether that includes surgery or not, I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but you you could you can just see on film, man, it's it's bad. Like he's never been the most accurate guy. Um, and a lot of it because I just think he he gets he's late with the football sometimes, kind of as a sight thrower. You know, you see a guy come open as opposed to being anticipatory, and so then all of a sudden you gotta you know you gotta let one go. You gotta really rip it, and you mechanically you start to open up, you start to pull your head, and and you know it, it ultimately makes the ball sail on you or go wide on you, things of that nature. He was he was really bad, and you can see. Um, you know, he'll say, well, I haven't changed my mechanics, but your body will change your mechanics. Your body's a great compensation machine. And when you play hurt, um, it, it's just, it's just going to try to alleviate that pain subconsciously. So you'll change the way you throw the ball. You'll change the way your, your body mechanics work. Um, and there were some just terribly errant throws, um, last week. And, and here's the deal in the NFL. Um, you've got to play hurt. I mean, you just do, but you have to play well hurt. And that's a skill set all in, you know, in and of itself. And um, what ends up happening is Cam wasn't playing well hurt. And so, you know, at, at that point, it was time to take him, you know, take him out. I, the thing that you hear from doctors all the time, and I've heard this a million times, oh, you can't do any further damage by playing on it. Oh, yeah, you can, because you're doing, you know, you're, you're, you're creating degenerative changes within that joint that are never going to be better. You know, you'll always be arthritic. You'll always have those issues. So, you know, you hear it from team doctors all. you got to always remember those team doctors work for the team. That's why they're team doctors. And, um, and you know, to say they don't have your best interest at in heart is, you know, they, they, they have the best interest of you as long as you're playing at heart. And, and that's, just the way it, that's just the way it operates. So, to me, it was time to shut him down because he was it was just awful. Last week, he was awful. We're talking to Mark Schlereth. You had the Baltimore Ravens last week. They play in what I think is the best game this weekend tomorrow out in L.A. against the Chargers. What happens? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say there's going to be an upset. Um, you know, the Chargers have been on a run. There's no question about that. Uh, this Baltimore, This Baltimore team is so unique. It's like, you know, it's like when you play major college football and um, – you know, it's like Oklahoma. Oklahoma played Army this year. It's like playing a service academy. And all of a sudden they come in and they, they take Oklahoma to the, you know, to the brink. And I think Oklahoma won 28-21. Yeah. But it is, it is a really odd thing. It's, you know, the way they're running their offense, um, 
and I, I've been involved in this league play for 30 years, Eight, uh, 18 as a broadcaster and, and 12 as a player. Um, I've never seen bigger, like, yaping chasms in the running game. <laughs> I mean, they got guys going all over the place. You know, it's funny, too, because it used to be, you know, it's 10 on 11, right? Your quarterback just hands it off and then watches the action. So you got 10 guys operating against 11 guys. And then all of a sudden with the Wildcat and some of these quarterbacks that can run, it became 11-on-11 football, right? When you watch Baltimore play with all the motions and the ghost motions, and then all of a sudden they, they, you know, they influence with a tight end and get to the second level, and they option two guys that they don't block at the line of scrimmage so they can get extra players up at the second level. It, it really becomes like 12 or 13 against 11. And the holes that they're creating, are, they're just monstrous. Um, and then on the flip side, they've got the best defense in football right now. I mean, their number one scoring defense, their top five in every single category. The only thing that they haven't been able to do is to create turnovers. If they start creating turnovers, this team is going to be an absolute nightmare for anybody if they get in the playoffs. Two other biggest games, I think, um, are Chiefs, Seahawks, and Steelers, Saints. Obviously, there's playoff implications on both sides of all those games. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think happens there? Well, you know, I think the Seahawks interesting. Um, I, I just don't know if they're going to have enough on offense um, to get that done. But they're an interesting they're an interesting entity because when you play the Seahawks, where a normal game is going to get 13, 12, or thirteen possessions, you know, you got to understand that when we're playing the Seahawks, because the way they run the ball and what they're doing on offense, creating a couple of big explosive plays in the passing game, but they're really controlling the tempo of the game. We're probably going to get nine or ten possessions, and so. Can you operate within those nine or ten, and and you know, and have some explosive plays and make you know and score? And that's the thing that Kansas City does better than anybody else. I mean, when you talk to defensive coaches about Tyreek Hill, they say he looks fast on film. You see, you see him on the football field. Um, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, told me I've never seen in all my years in the NFL a faster player on the field. He's just the most explosive player I've ever seen on the field. I think the one thing that scares me about Kansas City is the four or five explosive plays a game you got out of Kareem Hunt that you no longer have. And and that's that, to me, is a big question mark. They're going to struggle because, I mean, I think that's going to be a tight game. They're going to struggle because of the way Seattle runs the ball, where they control the clock. And as far as Pittsburgh, New Orleans, I, I think, you know, New Orleans is interesting to me because they're the most complimentary football team in the National Football League. They had this great offense for the first however many weeks, um, and it carried the defense. Now, all of a sudden, the last five weeks, this defense is carrying the offense. A great trade that happened um, this season that's probably been the most influential trade in football um, was Eli Apple going from the Giants where he was an abject disaster um, and just a pariah within that locker room. He is playing great football. They've matched him up playing man, press man, all over the football field and just said, hey, this is what you do well, go do it. And he has really been good for them. So um, I, I like the Saints at home. I think they're – I mean, I just know how tough it is to play in the in the Superdome. It, it, I, I think the Saints are, are the most complete team in football right now. Outstanding stuff as always. Mark Schlereth will be watching this weekend in the Carolina-Atlanta game. And uh, have a good Christmas, my man. You too. Merry Christmas, brother. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. We are joined now by my man, Eddie George. Uh, he is at EddieGeorge2727, I believe, on Twitter. And he is waking up early with us. Eddie, thanks for getting up, my man. 
Hey, man. Hey, any, anything for you, Clay. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I haven't seen you since. Uh, we So you were on my flight coming back right. from uh, London. What did London, you think? Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. My kids were excited to get a picture with you. Uh, and I got to say this about Eddie. I have gotten to know him pretty well over the years, television and uh, and elsewhere. And you are consistently one of the most engaging and easy to get along with dudes who gets approached everywhere uh, at all times. I've never seen you be anything else other than just an absolutely outstanding guy. And I think you're, you were really instrumental in several of the guys you came into the league with uh, and, and came into the Titans with in kind of getting the Titans completely embedded into the culture of Nashville. You still live here in the city of Nashville. Yeah. Uh, how much fun did you have kind of bringing the NFL to this market? And what is it like to think about now as kind of one of the founding fathers of a franchise in a city like this? Well, well, um, initially, when we call the founding father, it makes me sound extremely old. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess time has is, passed is with that. But uh, honestly, Clay, I didn't know what to expect. I was a young kid coming into to Houston, got drafted by Houston in 96. And I'm coming into a whole new situation. When you heard, by the way, let me cut you off here because I want, when you heard Houston, big metropolitan area, you're like, oh, this is a great town. I I love Houston. It's fun uh, fun to be in. When you heard you were moving to Nashville, Tennessee, your first thought was what? Where is Nashville? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly, no, I knew where Nashville is, but I I really didn't know what to expect because I I said, listen, what are we going to do in Nashville? Is there a market, is there an NFL market? I know it's a a strong college town, but I had no idea that they were hungry for for football. And, of course, the first couple of years in Memphis and playing in Vanderbilt, we couldn't give away a ticket. I think our average attendance was maybe 16,000 fans. And the energy wasn't right. I was like, man, did we really make a mistake? But once we uh, changed the name, we changed the uniform, we really got the fans involved in that process to make it feel like we were their own. And we went on that epic run in 1999 and 2000. You know, people were on fire for the Titans. And uh, the rest was pretty much history after that. Now to see how the fans have not only embraced us, but just the hockey, uh, the Predators, uh, MLS, um, you know, there's talks of bringing Major League Baseball. I don't know how true that is to Nashville. But the sounds, I mean, it's just a wonderful city to be a part of, you know, from an entrepreneurial perspective, an economic development perspective, uh, uh, Music City. It's just a wonderful town to, to really be a part of and to see how it's grown over the years. When you were in London and you went to that game uh, and mm-hmm. I was there too, do you believe that the NFL either should or will eventually have a franchise in London? What would you tell the commissioner if he was asking you based on your experience when you were over there for Titans Chargers? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, immediately, I, I didn't expect before the, the fanfare, before the game, to be uh, packed outside. It was, over, I think, over, almost 100. It was incredible. Incredible vibe outside yeah. the stadium. It, it was. And it was every team that you can imagine that, that was that was being represented. So it's just not one specific team. They just love they're hungry for football. And I would imagine so. If if the the commissioner's goal is to reach what, uh, I think twenty billion or something like that, uh, by twenty twenty or some 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 uh some that I can't think of which which one it is. But if that's his goal, you he has to, you know, go international. And I, I think that 
Uh, London is the perfect spot for it. They're hungry for it. It's uh, their arm shot distance from Germany and Spain and so forth on the hour flight. So people from all over Europe can come up to be a part of it. And I think eventually they will figure it out. Um, they have four games over there, one game in, in Mexico next year. So we're going we're gonna to see. I think it's going to be um, uh, a great deal for them to get that game internationally in London um, or a team over there um, to have it over there. It would be one, a great deal. We're talking to Eddie George at Eddie George 2727. All right, we've been talking on this show about Josh Gordon a lot today because he has turned mm-hmm. into a big story, and he's been a story for years. Um, my argument, I'm curious what you think, is I think the NFLPA, if I were an NFL player, and you can laugh about that idea, but I would be in the NFLPA saying, dudes, we shouldn't be testing for recreational drugs outside of uh, work, Right. Uh, and, and by the way, I believe that if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're any other high-paid professional who has an obligation to show up and perform at a high level. Um, I'm a lawyer. I've never been tested for drugs. I've never been tested for drugs to do radio. I've never been tested for drugs to do television. I think the idea of testing for weed, I think any recreational drug, even cocaine, I think it's crazy that you could lose your job because of something you did off the field that may not even in any way implicate your on-the-field performance. What did you think mm-hmm. while you were playing? What do you think now? Uh, how would you handle that if you were asked, both as a player and now as a guy who's retired, does it make sense for guys to get tested like this? Um, I, I think it does because you, you, you have a liability. If something were to happen, Clay, uh, on the field, um, if, if a guy were to, you know, have something in his system and 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 something uh, catastrophic happened on the field because of that, I, I think it falls uh, on you, you know. So you got you got to be careful, you know, what guys are putting in their system, whether it's um, legal or illegal drugs, uh, uh, whether it's steroids, performance enhancing drugs, because you know ultimately you don't know what guys are doing. Yeah, you don't, you don't want a competitive advantage, but it's a safety issue as well. Um, well, weed, I don't think it can really hurt you, but that's that's beside the point. But um, but overall, you know, I look at it from a mental health perspective. Uh, this guy is, is is clearly struggling with something that's deeper than than just football. He's talented. He's he's constantly going at. I think the NFL should implement a system whether he plays an NFL game from this point forward or not to make sure that he's going to be mentally well after this. Um, enduring this because there's a deeper rooted issue than just, you know, taking recreational drugs. He clearly has an issue with addiction, and 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 that's a very serious issue. You know, addiction has run in my family, uh, 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 my entire life. You know, whether it was my my, my father or aunts, uncles, um, and, it's, and it's, it comes down to uh, dealing with your emotional baggage and and really trying to move forward. So I I think there's a much deeper issue than just saying, okay, guys shouldn't be tested for recreational drugs. They should be able to run amok and do whatever they want to do. No, you have to put parameters around that because you don't want a life destroyed. You don't want something catastrophic to happen on the field that you can't foresee or just throw under the rug. And uh, because this is a professional sport where you're active, and those two mixed together wouldn't be a great thing. So I think, yes, there should be some parameters wrapped around it. And, but more importantly, there should be some more issues on the mental health long-term for this young man after he finishes playing, plays the game of football um, that, that he can rely on. That's well said uh, because oftentimes 
drug and alcohol uh, use or addiction are a masking agent for a larger yeah. mental health issue. People are trying to self-medicate themselves and make themselves feel normal, and that's what they choose to do. And that's an issue, right. obviously, especially around the holidays uh, for people uh, all year round, but particularly this time of year when the holidays can be stressful or depressing uh, for a lot of people out there. You don't want to treat the symptom. You know, you want to treat the root of the problem. Like, yes. How do you get to that? You yeah. know, so we just can't just say just throw him, throw him out there to the wolves because he can't kick this habit. You know, it's, it's got to be deeper than that. It's got to be a human issue versus just, uh, well, hey, he, he couldn't get it together. You know, I think whether he plays a game after this or not, there should be a resource there that should be a long, a, long, a lifetime resource given to the NFL because we're losing too many young men to mental health after the game because they're struggling with something. And um, I, I just see it. And Josh Ward is just one example of that. There are uh, hundreds and thousands of young men that go through the NFL or go through professional sports that can't handle different issues that come along with that, and they have to self-medicate. We're talking to Eddie George at Eddie George 2727 on Twitter. Go follow him there. You can f- give him feedback. Your son is, I believe, about to graduate from Vanderbilt. I know he yeah. uh, is playing on the football team, and they're going to be in a bowl game here soon. How much mm-hmm. have you enjoyed watching your son? How proud of him are you getting through Vanderbilt? And what has that experience been like for you to be able to watch a son play college football? Uh, it's been a wonderful four years. I can't believe it's gone by so fast. It seemed like he just got to Vanderbilt, and now he's graduating this quarter with the economic uh, uh, a degree, a degree in the economics, and uh, it's it's amazing to see how much he's grown, not just as a player but as a person, and 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 the things that he has to, had to go through just to get the little time that he did get. Um, I, I'm very appreciative of, for Vanderbilt uh, for giving him an opportunity for an education, for a great life, for a great college experience. But as a dad, it's it's, a, it's another level of fatherhood, like because you can't necessarily go out and fix the problem. You can you can offer advice, you can give all you can give, but ultimately it comes down to your son to execute. And if it's for him, and if it's in the cards for him to be, succeed at it, if it is or if it isn't, you you always got to be there. And sometimes you don't have an answer for everything. You know, you have to be there just to to hold him or just to, the shoulder to lean on or for sound advice so um all that being said man i've I've really enjoyed it and now it's like man you know what's next in his life i'm really excited about you know the future for him so i'm really i'm really pumped uh to see him his last game at vanderbilt um coming up this uh december 27th in houston against baylor and and we'll have a good time we'll celebrate uh it's eddie george we're talking with what did you tell derrick henry to turn him into a beast. I, I, I've never seen a guy, I saw him, I know you did too, at what he could do at Alabama. But the mm-hmm. past two games, it's like suddenly he's a different person. What happened with Derrick Henry? I know you had conversations with him mm-hmm. as he was struggling to kind of find his rhythm in the NFL. What do you see? What happened? What did you tell him? Well, let me let me be the first to say I think he's getting coached extremely well. I think he's getting um, a great wisdom from his coach. I'm pretty sure he's hearing this from his running back coach and, and Mike Brable and so forth. Well, he came to me with uh, with the question of what I saw, and I, I, I was very frank with him. And in a nutshell, Clay, I said, hey, man, you're, you're running too soft. 
You're not finishing your runs. Um, you're looking for the home run. We know we, you can hit the home run, but what we want to see is how consistent you can be between the tackles and, and turning, out, turning out tough yards. And I gave him an example of, you know, instead of running away from the defender inside the hole, you know, square him up and challenge him. And don't worry about hitting a home run. Set it up for the fourth quarter. You know, play chess with these guys. Because if you pound them in the first quarter, the first two quarters, they're, they're not going to want to see your big body coming through that hole late in the third and fourth quarters. It'll open up your longer runs. And I said, you now have to run as if your career depends on it, because it does. When your name is being shopped around for trade rumors and all of that, that means your days are numbered. You know, not here, but also could be somewhere else if you don't live up and run to your potential. And that's kind of how I said with a couple of other things. And um, I guess that, you know, over that period of time, he took some of that to heart. And I'm pretty sure I wasn't the only one to to help uh, give him advice. But I, I give him a lot of credit for seeking out counsel. Um, and t- being willing and open to take constructive criticism because nowadays with these millennials, they know everything. They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't necessarily seek uh, counsel from guys that have been, been through it before. And a lot of guys don't have tough skin. And, you know, he has the tough skin to say, okay, this is what I'm doing wrong. What can I do to get better? I guess he really had a, a, a self-check. Uh, situation where he said, okay, I got to look in the mirror and I have to be real with myself and I got to play better. And he didn't blame anybody. He just, he just said, I'm going to put my nose to the grindstone, take, take counsel, take the hard, tough words, digest it, and do something about it. And my God, man, he is, he's playing out of his, out of his, out of his mind right now. And uh, I believe, play, you know, that he can take the Titans into the playoffs by running like this, he can dominate each game because he's running with fresh legs. He's running with them and bigger, and he's breaking. He's uh, he's running against defenses that are beaten up right now. So, I think Derrick Henry's on a, a run of all runs right now. We woke up Eddie George early this morning to join us to close out the show for the week. I appreciate him getting up early with us. Uh, Eddie, you uh, have had an incredible post uh, football career. And you've been on Broadway, which is unbelievable. Uh, you have been uh, – you've played Julius Caesar, I believe. You've been in the musical Chicago. What is the latest on your performance career, and how would you compare getting up on a stage to running out onto the field in terms of the way it feels? Uh, well, currently right now, it's funny. You call, I'm in the middle of a run. I'm here in Dallas, Texas, uh, performing at the AT&T Performance Center. Uh, doing Chicago. Um, we're on our, our third night. Um, and, you know, Clay, <laughs> I, I pinch myself every day like, man, you know, I'm waking up in, a, in a, a city like Dallas or Toronto or Chicago or wherever it is in the world, and, and I'm doing a, a high-quality Broadway show with a national tour of Chicago with seasoned uh, Tony Award-winning <laughs> veterans and I'm like, man, you know, I'm living a pretty cool life, man. And um, in so many ways, it's it's like the Super Bowl every single night um, because I'm performing in an intimate audience of 2,200 people in this beautiful um, uh, 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 setting and uh, arena. It's it's just uh, immaculate, and uh, and I'm just going out there doing my thing, having a good time. And it's like, wow, you know, uh, if you asked me this about 20 years ago, 
I would say there's no way in hell. But it's funny, like when you are forced into a situation where you're looking for what's next or you're trying to figure out your next purpose in life and uh, you just take a chance and, and you go out there and with no fear, uh, try something new and different. It just opened up so many doors. And uh, but doing that, I have another play coming up in, in, in uh, February with National Repertory Theater. I have other various projects that are coming out through film and television. And uh, it's been an exciting life, man. Frustrating at times, like anything else, but um, it's been it's been exciting. I think you were on. Were you on Magnum PI? Um, yeah, I'll be on an episode of Magnum PI for in uh, coming up. Uh, in February, yeah. And you've obviously yeah, done Ballers, a bunch of episodes there and everything else. Mm-hmm. When did you get the acting bug? You know, I got the acting bug when I retired. Uh, it was like maybe 13 years ago. Um, I, I began to start taking acting classes. I was watching all these uh, shows on television, The Wire, um, uh, Breaking Bad. You're a big TV uh, guy. Like, you love uh, really good television, binge watch. What's your favorite yeah. show that's on right now? Uh, right now, I haven't had a chance to watch anything great, but right now I'm watching Ozark. Yeah, I've been told um, I would really like it. My uh, wife loves it. it. Is, it's so good. Justin Bateman is a you know, he used to be the nice guy on television. But nobody really took him serious, you know. But in this role, he he's masterful. You know, has so much power, uh, so much humility in his role. But he has a great deal of power and 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 uh, resilience. Man, I I love him in Ozark. So I'm checking that out right now. And uh, there's a bunch of movies I want to check out during the Christmas holiday. But you know, overall, Clay, man, I've just uh, I just look to to perfect my craft every time I hit the stage, and whether it's in front of the camera, um, on stage, and, and, or television, or whatever it may be, I'm always trying to uh, fine tune that craft and, and get better. For how many more cities do you have to hit on the Chicago tour? We uh, this is our last show for 2018. In 2019, um, I'll be doing Chicago in Chicago um, sometime in May, and then I'll be doing Houston. And who knows, they may ask me to do Tel Aviv or London uh, later wow. on in the year, but you know, you never know in this show business. But as of right now, I'm trying to do uh, those two cities. Well, we're on in Chicago and Houston, so people can go there and watch you perform there. Thanks for getting in, Derek uh, Henry back at running, and thanks for coming on with us this morning, my man. Man, have a great weekend, man. I'm going to call you for some picks, too. For, for the, <laughs> I'm about... Uh, I'm giving out my picks right now, Uh, so hope my fingers crossed. I'm going to do decent with these. Uh, Appreciate my man. That's Ed. Have a good one. That's Eddie George at Eddie George two seven two seven. Awesome dude. Go follow him on Twitter. Thank him for getting up early with us while he's doing Chicago. Oh 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 